Hey, my name's Julia, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I left my full-time clinical dietitian job to pursue freelance work, and now I'm showing you how to do the same. If you want to learn how to make money freelancing, you're in the right place. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. Today is the champagne episode, which I am... I made that up and it's based off of when you have a champagne birthday because, you know, when the date and your age lines up, this episode number and my age are lining up. So it's the 28th episode. And yes, I am 28 years old. Thus, this is my champagne episode. It is just going to be me behind the microphone today. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to catch up, let you know what I'm up to, go over a little bit of some freelancing stories with you guys. And at the end, I'm going to share a big update about the podcast. I don't know if you will think it's very big, but to me, it is a huge deal and it's going to be very different and it's positive. It's very positive. Don't freak out. Um, But yeah, so let's dive in. As you guys know, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, as of January of this year, I went all in on my freelance business and I have a couple other things that I do on the side as well. If you remember a couple episodes ago, I told you, you know, to be safe and secure in your business, it's very wise to secure several streams of income so that if one of them for some reason dry out, you're still covered by all the other streams that you have funneling into your business. So freelance writing was a big one for me. I like freelance writing. Uh, It suits my personality. I like to work independently. I work great in a team when everyone has kind of assigned roles and it's fun to collaborate at the beginning, but then I do like to have a certain skill set that I excel in. And for me, that would be writing and applying research. Um, so, so anyway, so that's why I enjoy, it suits my personality. That's why I do it. That is my bread and butter and where I make most of my income. I took January off and that kind of slid into February a little bit and I just needed that rest period because I was kind of in shock. I think I was unraveling a little bit after leaving my job at the end of December. Physically, uh, in my environment, nothing had changed because I had already been working from home for two years. But mentally, it was very, it was just crazy. I cannot describe the feeling. It is surreal. I kept opening my phone, expecting to log into my work app. And I didn't have to anymore. I deleted it the day I submitted my, um, or the day I was on my last day of work, excuse me. So anyway, fast forward to about February and March, I started to pitch myself more regularly to secure a little bit more higher paying clients. And the way that you attract higher paying clients is that you set higher paying rates, okay? Low rates attract low paying clients. That is my motto, that sentiment is very popular amongst the business world even. Uh, And so that's something that I really tell other freelance students and just anybody who asks me for advice. If you price yourself low, you're going to attract a low clientele. And that might be fine at the beginning, but eventually as your skill set develops and you mature as a professional, you're going to be want to working with people who are either going to match you or ideally take you up to another level and just push that skill set and keep you working harder and better and educating you. So you raise your rates and you pitch yourself and then all it takes to be a successful freelancer, doesn't matter if it's writing or another endeavor, is to have one person say, yes, I want to work with you. And that's all it takes. So even though you might be pitching, hopefully you're pitching at least five different people or organizations per day, if you're serious about freelancing, 
All it's going to take is that one person to say yes, and it's going to completely make your freelance career take off because then you're going to have a legitimate testimonial from that person. You're going to start building up a more legit portfolio. Uh, you're going to get, you know, on the ground experience, which is always great. And, and so just keep that in mind and stay inspired and stay motivated because freelancing is not a get rich quick scheme. It does take a lot of groundwork to be successful until you're about on average, you know, three years, four years into your career where you've really got your name out there and your network is ironclad. You know, that's when the referrals start to come back to you very consistently. But until then, yeah, it can be a little bit of a grind and a little bit of forcing yourself to show up every day. So so that's what it takes. So keep in mind, I've been freelancing for one year up until this point. And then in March, I secured my highest paying client ever. I am definitely superseding my previous salary from last year at this point, which was great. I was honestly just hoping to match it this year, but at this rate, I will be making more, which is of course, extremely validating, very rewarding. I also work crazy less hours just on the writing side. Um, I work about, I don't know, it can take me anywhere from 14 to 16 hours to do a couple long form articles a week. And that's from start to the very end. So researching the topic, writing it, editing it. I have an editor. It's my older brother and, uh, who is qualified. And this is our, this is my family business. My dream has always been to develop a family business. I'm not sure if I ever share that with you guys, but maybe I'll save it for another episode because it's really cool. And, uh, then I have to, you know, annotate my bibliography and make sure all the, the research articles that I used are still updated and relevant. And, you know, it just takes time because writing is of course a creative pursuit and, it's very difficult for me to sit for longer than an hour and a half and actually produce good quality work. Like for my brain, it just doesn't work. I get fidgety. I start to repeat my sentences. I start to say things that are like so (laughs) half-assed because you can tell I'm just trying to get the piece done. And those are the moments where I know I just need to get up and like walk away. So I take breaks and I stagger it throughout my day. I do some in the morning, do some errands, yada, yada. And then I come back in the afternoon and sometimes in the evening and I just spread it out throughout the week and it works really well. Aside from the freelance writing, of course, as you guys know, I do podcasting and every episode, including my own, can take me anywhere from two and a half to four hours to prepare for, to scout or recruit a podcast guest for, to edit, to upload Majority of the time is not spent on editing. I don't like to over edit the podcast episodes. I think it's actually more charming and kind of nice when you get to hear some of the boo-boos and the real personality come through. Uh, But 75% of that time that I'm dedicating to the episodes are researching possible candidates for the show. I am so thrilled and kind of in awe to say that the waitlist for the show is like five months long, which is so cool. Thank you to everyone who pitches themselves to come on. I think that they all see great value in coming on and sharing their story and networking. And it's like the greatest form of flattery I could ever ask for. So thank you. Uh, So that takes up a large chunk of my week. Of course, creating the Instagram marketing material that also is included within those two and a half to four hours mark. So somehow you think you're flying, but time really does get away from you because you know, I'll say on the higher end of the writing, that's 16 hours and then four hours for the podcast. So that's 20 hours a week. So that's about a part-time job. And then because I'm absolutely crazy, 
I also teach groups online uh, through an organization and that can range anywhere from like three hours a week for about a six week period. That's kind of what I've been doing. So it does add up after a while. And then I've also been hired to do cooking classes for an oncology or cancer survivor patient population. So that's also going to be all in. I think that's going to be about eight hours every other week, somewhere around there. So, you know, it does start to add up pretty close to a 32 hour work week or give or take some weeks, maybe every other. So I am almost working full time again, I would say, which is great. Just, I'm not saying that as a positive or a negative, just giving you a realistic uh, idea of what my schedule looks like. I would say working these 32 hours by myself are so much more uh, rewarding, but also tiring than working my 40 hours at my full-time job last year. And for me, this might be different for everybody, but for me, I think it's because every single one of those hours, I am the one who has to make the decision about everything. (laughs) And some parts of that I love. It is a huge benefit of being your own boss, but some parts of it, especially on days where I just feel really thin-skinned or just tired. It's like, oh my gosh, I wish there was someone else to tell me what to do right now. Like some days I have those moments and that's normal. And I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they feel that too. And I don't know if I shared this on the podcast before, but I actually was saying in a Facebook group a while ago that I actually, for the first time in my life, like I love going to those workout classes where the instructor is there because it's so nice having someone tell me what to do for an hour. (laughs) I feel relieved of my duties. So that is like a big uh, surprise because I thought I would absolutely adore all the autonomy, but yeah, it's, it's more than you expect. And then, you know, as you get into your business though, like I hope that's not being taken as a negative, it's just an observation. And then you get into your flow and you see what works and you do streamline your processes eventually. I'm just still very new. It's only been five months where I've been full-time into this gig. So, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Talk about what I do for fun, because why not? Now that I have more freedom over my schedule, I I mean, I definitely spend a lot of time with my dog, (laughs) which is the dream. I keep telling Nikki that the whole reason I had to quit my job was because we got a dog and I couldn't stand the thought of just leaving him at home alone all day. So that's great. We go to the beach. We go visit my parents. You know, he's the first quote unquote grandbaby of the family. So and my parents are obsessed with dogs. So it's really like a party every time we go over there. And what else do I do? I read a lot. I definitely watch way too much TikTok. I am ashamed to admit it. I write for myself sometimes. I don't know if I ever shared this with you guys, but it's nice to get to know the host a little bit better. But actually during the first year of quarantine, I wrote a murder mystery (laughs) because that's actually my favorite genre. Roped in with a little bit of history, you know, history and mystery. That's what I always say. It's a deadly combo and I freaking love it. So I wrote that during the first quarantine and I've always had a passion to just write stuff. So sorry, random tangent there. Uh, But that's what I'm up to. And then I spent a lot of time cooking. My I wish I could give a taste through this podcast. My cooking 
oh, restaurant level. I'm just going to say it. I'm proud of myself because I haven't been able to cook at this caliber for a long time because I was just so unmotivated and exhausted for the past four years of my life. And now I'm waking up refreshed, coming out of my cocoon. So, you know, what are some of the classics? The classics are a North Africa inspired shakshuka. So that's like a baked egg dish or I bake mine because I like the tomatoes to be uh, very flavorful. So that's like a great brunch option or sometimes we have breakfast for dinner and I make that. Another classic one, Nikki's uh, half Greek. So we get a lot of feta cheese from his mom and then I marinate that. So I use some lemon rind and rosemary and some just different herbs that are quite aromatic and a tiny bit of garlic powder because I can't resist. And we let that marinate overnight and then we spread it like in oil and then you spread it on toast or you sprinkle it on salads and it just elevates something and elevates everything. And then something else I've been making a lot is different types of overnight oats and you know, miso eggplant, and it's literally like so much fun. And it feels exciting to have the energy and capacity to show up for myself and for everyone in my family. Like I, for the first time in a really long time, I completely understand what people mean. You got to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can take care of your loved ones. And now that I have this freedom with being an entrepreneur, like I so get it. I don't think anyone can get it until they're actually practicing that and living it. Um, yeah, seriously profound. It's making me a little bit weepy thinking about that, but it's it's had a huge effect on like everything. It's so great. And then this summer, probably going to be doing a bit of traveling. So another perk of being a freelancer and an online focused dietitian is that you have the freedom to go wherever the heck you want. So I think uh, in August, I think we'll be going out east to the Maritimes to cook up with some of my family. And that'll be three weeks. And it feels so great that I don't have to save vacation days. I don't have to save my personal time off. I can stay there for as long as I can afford to (laughs) until the money runs out. Really, that's the only barrier. Uh, And then I can come home. And if I want to, and if there's funds, I'm not saying I'm doing it every month, but it's so cool knowing that I could if I wanted. If I wanted to go somewhere every single month and I had a hookup that could cover my accommodation, you know, like a cousin here or a friend over there, like I would do it in a heartbeat. Like it's so freeing and it feels, I don't know why, but it feels like you're beating the system a little bit. You're out of the rat race and you just feel like, ha I am killing it. So I hope that you're not taking all this in as a boast. I am not trying to brag. I'm trying to just tell you the ups, the downs, the positives. And I hope that ultimately it's just very inspiring for you. And if you're someone who's on the fence thinking about pursuing freelancing or going full time into your own private businesses, like this is definitely your sign that you should absolutely go for it because you'll never regret it. You'll just, you'll only regret not going for it sooner. I really believe that. And yeah, I think those are the major updates I wanted to share with you this week. I had my first experience with uh, my high paying client that the assignment I submitted totally bombed, totally bombed. And I was so embarrassed and shocked. And, you know, that's never happened to me before to this degree where essentially one of their in-house writers had to rewrite the article. Like that's how off the market was. Uh, And so I was mortified. However... I do recognize a couple things here, which is that the brief I was assigned, it wasn't very clear. So, you know, I just did 
what was asked of me. So you can't really be too hard on yourself in that circumstance. And in the future, you know, this week's assignments, I can tell on the brief, they're like really line per line telling me what they want. So I think they recognized too that there was a miscommunication there. So it's going to be okay. It's nothing major, but in the moment and especially all day today, I, I have to admit it's really been shaking my confidence. It was hard to sit at my laptop today and feel good writing, but I just keep thinking back of the mentors I've been following over the past couple of years. And every freelance coach tells you that there's going to be that one assignment that you hand in that just bombs. Like it just happens. You cannot please everybody. And all you can do is just move on, learn from it, you know, ask for feedback, be collaborative, be professional, and then you just move on, right? Like nobody died. It's not the end of the world. So, so yeah, so it happens to the best of us. And I think that's it. That's, I feel like I'm just talking a mile a minute. I'm just excited to share all these updates with you. It's, it's like I said, I, I hope it's not coming off braggy. I don't want it to be braggy. I want it to just be inspiring and maybe giving you a little bit of fodder so that you can start daydreaming about what your life could look like if you pursue some time, some type of freelance work, even if it's in a part-time capacity or just casually, you know, there's so many options for RDs and I just think it's, it's incredible. Obviously that's why I have a podcast about it. I wanted to wrap up this episode. I mean, I'm not quite done yet, but I wanted to end the episode sharing some updates with you about the podcast. So as you know, it is like my favorite thing ever. I love the show. It has come leaps and bounds from where it first started. And I do think the support for the podcast is amazing. You guys are so wonderful. I get such sweet messages from all of you and everyone is very engaged with the content and follows up and asks questions. Or if I ask a question to the internet abyss, I always get responses back. Like it's so phenomenal. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, I have decided, or I've been thinking about it a lot and the podcast, it's really only at maybe 30, 35% of its full potential. Like I really believe that I know that it can grow and uh, have a greater reach and just have a little bit more finessing with the marketing and even the audio quality a little bit. And for that reason, I have decided that I'm going to be wrapping up season two, which is this current season at the end of June, taking a break in July and August. And then in September, I'm going to be launching season three. And within that summer period, I'm going to be working with a virtual assistant and I'm also going to be working with Sarah Kerr from The Kerminator to help produce the marketing content, to reach out to people, to stay on top of all the admin work, all the support that a podcast needs to just take off to another level. And this was a really tough decision for me because it feels a little bit counterintuitive. And some of you may think I'm crazy because right now the podcast is accelerating like it is doing really wonderfully but I just have to trust my gut and I just know that the current model and system I'm using to create episodes is not sustainable so I need to pivot and create something that's a little bit more manageable and I want to serve you guys the best I can the podcast I mean it has reached that this should be a drinking game every time I say podcast take a drink (laughs) The podcast has reached a global level and I literally get messages from RDs all over the world who say that they are so fascinated and curious and 
eager to hear about other RDs, the guests on the show who are successful doing non-conventional RD opportunities and freelancing gigs. And, you know, that really motivates me and makes me want to push myself a little bit harder and also make sure the show is going to be reaching its potential. So, yeah, so it was a tough choice because... I am worried that, you know, the downloads will drop off. I've worked really hard to get it to this level. But like I mentioned, I just have to trust my gut. Like, I just know that this is going to be a great option for the podcast. And just like many other similar productions, like everybody takes a break. There's always a break between your Grey's Anatomy episodes. There's always a break between, you know, different segments or many podcasts actually do take a break so that the creator has a chance to rest, take care of themselves, and also kind of get ahead by doing some batch recording um, during that downtime. So that's the plan. I'm really excited. I have been on the receiving end of this news from some of my favorite podcasts and a great practice that I really admired and I plan to implement as well for this show is to release one episode in July and one episode in August. And that will just be myself just catching up, saying hi, letting you know what I'm up to because I recognize that a podcast, it becomes part of your life. And, you know, this is how I feel and you don't have to feel this way, but I think some of you might where that person is in your ear with you every single week and they're with you when they do your chores or you're walking your dog or you're just like, I don't know, walking your kid in their stroller. Like there's so many instances where it just feels like you have your alone time with that show uh, and it can suck when it disappears. So I'm very aware of that and I don't want to leave anybody hanging or feeling like they're being abandoned and I'm very happy to just issue, you know, one episode per month for July and August and I don't know when exactly that's going to be, probably in the middle of the month. Uh, But yeah, that's the plan. I hope that you guys understand you're very kind. I know that you also want the show to succeed and I know that you also want to keep learning from other RDs so I'm sure that you guys will back me up. There is so much content to go through in the past as well. We've got like a great directory up at this point of previous episodes. So I feel, I feel nervous. I I do feel nervous. It's a big change, but I do feel confident. It's the, it's the right choice. So that's my big update for you. It's going to be very different, not logging in every single week to post something. Those are my updates. If you have any questions or anything like that, you guys are very welcome to reach out. I'm still going to be popping around on Instagram Although if you do follow that account, I'm sure you're aware that I'm not as active there anymore. Uh, And that's just because I found out through a survey I completed a couple weeks ago that my people, the my target audience, aren't hanging out on Instagram. And then I decided, well, I'm not going to hang out there anymore either. Why should I? If my ideal core group that I want to spend time with and connect with aren't on social media, then bye bye social media. It for me, it was actually a bit of a gift to get that data because it felt like a relief. It felt like I didn't have to keep showing up there because I don't really love social media. Prior to opening my businesses last year, I actually had deleted most of my social media, including Instagram for four years. And it was great. I felt so free and liberated. And then I got into social media because it kind of felt like I had to, if I wanted to open a business because everybody does it. And you know, I don't regret it because I've made some really solid networking connections. However, I totally transparently, like it really messes with my mental health 
uh, I just, it's hard for me. So those are some big changes. I am backing away from Instagram. I keep things pretty automated there, but that doesn't mean that I am not hanging around there from time to time. And if you want to send me a message there, I do try to get back within two business days. Another great place to reach me is probably through the freelance dietitian website. I respond to people much faster there. There's a contact form. And if you're interested in anything about the podcast specifically, you can actually fill out a, uh, like a fillable form to be a guest on the show. Remember when you're pitching me, it has to be creative. I value creativity. I want to hear your angle, something new, something different, and something that we haven't heard before. That may feel like a lot of pressure, but I know that if you're considering it, you are up for the challenge. So I will let you go. Thank you so much for tuning in to the champagne episode. By the way, we totally crushed 3,000 downloads. Thank you so much for doing that. That download number was completely arbitrary. I don't know why I picked it. It just came to me in January. So I ran with it and I thought I would get there by the end of December and we got there a lot faster. And when I say we, I mean myself and the listeners. So thank you so much. If you really love the show and you haven't already, maybe you could drop a five-star review. It means the world and it really helps to gain authority for the show and get it noticed and pushed into the algorithm a little bit more so that other RDs and even non-RDs can enjoy the content. Take care and I hope you have a great week. I'll be back here next Tuesday with Lewis. We're talking about food photography. Bye!